Hello and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we simplify the good life. My name is Brock Dittis, and over here, the illustrious, trophy-winning, medal-wearing co-host you've all come to know and love. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't win any trophies. I didn't win any trophies this, this last week. Um, but I did, I did get a medal, but I didn't win any trophies. But you're a trophy winner. Yeah, What's I guess name? my my tr- my team won a trophy. What is your name? My name is Aaron Flores, and we are broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bikes, trains, transits, adventures, and life hacks. And today, not just riding with any kind of fidelity, but riding with high fidelity i've been i've been messing around with these low fidelity wheels why damn it why well because i knew no better <laughs> until i met josh this is josh from hi-fi wheels how are you hello it's good to see you good to see you guys thanks for coming in of course you're uh resplendent in your amazing frames by the way i'm not sure if i've complimented you on those before but those those frames are perhaps the coolest i yeah, have seen they're serious hardware for sure i don't know if they translate well for the radio but <laughs> i <laughs> There's like a like a magnetic field coming off of it. I don't know. <laughs> they are heavy duty aluminum. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, but they're not going to break anytime soon. That was actually the impetus behind the purchase. Is that right? My girlfriend smashed a pair of the frames before this, and I was looking for something that was solid. Are you two still together? We are still together. Oh, against all odds. Congratulations. <laughs> it's the frames. <laughs> we have the frames to thank. We. I wish we had a sponsor we could thank now. Uh, so you're with Hi-Fi Wheels. And you are what? You're the culture czar, among other things. Uh, I am the super domestique is my official quote unquote title. Nice. That's uh, what does that mean? What, what does that mean that you uh, do? That is, that's like a bike racing term, right? Yeah. So yeah. A, a domestique in a, on a cycling team is someone who like carries water bottles and like goes to the front and quote unquote breaks wind. Ha ha ha. Uh, for, their, one does. for their team leader. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, you know, I guess domestique would be a more humble way of describing it. And a super domestique is like. You know, pompous and humble at the same time, I guess. There uh, you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in to join us. We're going to talk about you and what you have done and what you are going to do in not too long. But first of all, Aaron, what you been up to lately? Uh, not winning trophies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking moved, man. Yeah. You're, the, we've been talking about your move for some time now. You're you like are, eight trips. Are you completely done? Yeah. Like with the moving of things, yes. There is a stash of stuff at Anna's old place garage that okay um we are in a tenuous agreement <laughs> that tenuous. we can store it there like you're gonna yeah. show up someday it's just gonna be gone uh i hope not these guys but... are on the lease <laughs> we were yeah there was uh there was some miscommunication we were under the understanding that like they were cool with it ah and uh like the day after we moved in they were like uh so you guys coming back for the rest of your stuff is this like a multiple-person like, scenario where, yeah, like, like mom yeah. says you can sleep well, over, but dad says it's not okay? I wasn't there for the whole, like, conversation, so I can't really say. Sure. Uh, and not to uh, vilify one person unnecessarily, but the person in question who didn't think that we had finalized this agreement. A villain? N- at least, 
at least a tragic <laughs> a tragic hero. Okay, <laughs> sure. In that kind of a Hamlet, she has a tendency to forget okay. things a lot, like um, whether you can keep your stuff there or not. <laughs> like you like whether or not we've had this conversation of okay. keeping stuff there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so but everything's mostly cool. Uh, we got stuff, you know, over at our our duplex um, that we're staying at for the summer. There you go. Um, yeah, so we'll be moving again in like two months. Just start the fun all over again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, would you do it the same way next time? Oh, hell no. No, okay. Well, okay. First off, we're like two people in living in separate places trying to move into one place. Yes. It's a it's and like a Y-shaped thing. It's a flux capacitor of, uh, of yes. stuff. Yes. Um, it's not like a funnel where you can like all just pour everything in and it'll like from all angles yeah it'll all just sort of settle together mm-hmm. it was yeah it's more like a, a a fork in the road coming to like a bottleneck mm-hmm. actually is maybe a, a better uh, analogy at 1.21 except, except you had to like you had to come up to one part of the road and then like do this obtuse angle over <laughs> To the other part, and then like turn or do a U turn, and then come back, Wait, and this then is like, to the destination. This is like a stencil right. where it looks like you know it's, it's something it's not, right? Because yes. the stencil has to hold together. You know how like there's that there's it was like in uh, kindergarten or um, or maybe it was like first grade or something where uh, the teacher would tell you this story. And it started off with like, you know, and Johnny was here and like she'd draw a J and Mary was here and she'd draw this M and like, you know, and as she's telling the story about where they went, you know, she ends up like drawing a cat ah. on the on the um, chalkboard. Okay. Yeah. I, I think if if we had tracked where we were, we were at, we would have drawn like a pentagram. Okay. Or the poop emoji. <laughs> or, yes. Or okay. the poop emoji. <laughs> well, congratulations. I'm, I'm glad that you're done with this one. Yeah. Uh, also, it's Petalpalooza season, which in Portland means it's it's a month of bike fun. Yes. So have you done any fun rides yet? I did exactly one. Which one? Uh, it was the the Jade uh, District ride oh, uh, yeah. where they went to like uh, various... Asian-owned businesses mm-hmm. uh, within the Jade District, and there was also uh, some talk about uh, safety infrastructures um, and um, kind of property issues as well. Uh-huh. Um, that uh, Apano co-hosted it with um, the Asian Bike Pacific Loud. American. Uh, I forget what the acronym stands for at this point. Of Northwest Oregon. Sounds good. I think that's it. I hope. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Bike Loud and, and Apano came together to, to do this ride, um, talking a lot about safety issues, uh, a lot about property issues and gentrification. Um, one of the bigger issues is that there's a lot of developers from out of state buying land, uh, around this area that is displacing, um, people who, uh, or Asian people who have been there like for generations. Sure. And granted, they've been they've been renting these apartments over generations, but still they have been there for generations. Well, and you know the feeling of an apartment you enjoyed when suddenly like you can't live there anymore. Yes. Because I don't know, rent went up or yeah. or someone bought yeah. it, or it's becoming a condo. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, I mean, so there was that. There was a good lesson, but then there was also like awesome food, mm-hmm. like steam buns were had by all. Man, uh, steam buns are my favorite. 
You know, I'm not a big fan of bubble tea, but I really got into it on this ride. Nice. Maybe because it was like the last thing yeah. or the last stop. You yeah. Know? And it was really hot that day. Wait, are you uh, pro tapioca pearls or, or I'm not? lukewarm to it. Okay. Um, generally, when I drink something, I just want to drink something. Okay. The, the mixture of those two textures, not necessary for me. I remember the first time I had bubble tea. or uh, what, what is there another name for it? I feel like there are a couple of... Boba. Boba. Boba, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's an interesting experience. I, I kind of enjoy it, but it, in, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, it's like, uh, you remember Orbitz, that, that drink uh, with the suspended, like, I don't know, corn syrup balls that floated yeah. in the middle of it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they probably, I would imagine, got that idea from bubble tea, right? Mm, probably so, yeah, yeah. I heard that yeah. that's coming back at some point. <laughs> really? I'm not sure, but... Do you ever have, uh, like, a drink... Usually it's kombucha, but not always with like chia seeds in them. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. chia seeds are like uh, that's like nature's orbits drink, right? Because yes. they just swell up and then they like they stay in your teeth forever. Uh, like they lodge yeah. in your teeth between your teeth as seeds, and then they swell up into these like kind of you know like gooey gooey sacks. Yes, yeah. and then you have to pick them out. It's like drinking boogers. Well, I mean. <laughs> Having done both, I'll say it's it's a little bit better, <laughs> much preferable a to the opportunity. A little bit tastier, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no. Well, it's, what, uh, what rides have you done? I have done at this point none, but tomorrow night. Tomorrow, yeah. Is, wow. So this is going to be your first ride. My first pedal palooza ride. Your, your first lead ride too. Uh, I I hosted a ride oh, last that's year. Right. Yes, you did um, the LOG yeah, ride. Totally. Yeah, but this will be the first one this year, and uh, it's going to be the Alameda Stair Carry. So. Josh, are you familiar with the Alameda Ridge? I am. I've actually seen your event posting for this. Are you going to come? Mayhem. Uh, I am. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'm a little scared of it. You can, you can say no. It's okay. I'm a little scared of it, I too. know in Oregon, like, that's a, that's a hard thing to do, but I give you permission. You can say no. I'm an East Coaster. I'll say no if I need to. <laughs> there we go. Oh, right Perfect. On. Direct communication. Yeah. Now, this, uh, it's just going to be climbing up a, a bunch of staircases. And the question was posed earlier on uh, Facebook by Armando. How many stairs are there? And I don't know the answer to that, so we're going to have to count them. But, uh, but yeah, that, that'll Who's, be happening tomorrow night. Do you, are you going to put someone in charge of counting them? Hmm, I should, huh? I don't think I every, nominate I don't think, you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided I'm going to be the domestique of this uh, There we go. Of this ride. Sounds like a good I'm idea. Gonna, I'm going to carry everyone's water. Hey, I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's meeting at Velocult, and by the time this episode comes out, it will be happening or will have happened. So uh, I won't elaborate much more on, uh, on it besides besides now. But uh, I think Ranger Tom is coming down. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, he, he'll cool. be there, and uh, a number of other people that uh, all of our listeners will be familiar with. Maybe I should bring the uh, the recorder and just like record audio. Yeah. Maybe you should if you're going to be the domestique. Oh, right. Oh, well. <laughs> all right. You could carry a boom mic. <laughs> exactly. I'll just put this on a boom, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good idea. We should we should set that up anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Totally. You know, I was thinking about so uh right now uh, all the cottonwood is blooming and, and swirling in the air. And I was thinking just the other day about should I try and like go off the Claritin and see how I do? Like maybe the season is over. Didn't you try this last summer? Maybe so. I don't know. Um I I just realized today though that I'm still I'm still on you know, Claritin, Loratadine, 10 milligrams a day, keeps the uh, sniffles at bay. And uh, I'm still kind of noticing all the effects of, so I, I should not. I think I should keep taking it. 
Wait, so you still feel the effects of the allergy even though you're taking allergy meds? Uh, they would be much worse if I wasn't taking the meds. Right. But, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I, I know I can tell what's happening. I would say at least wait till after the ride. Oh, yeah. No, I think I'm waiting until after I come back from Colorado. There you go. I think like in July sometime, everything will finally be done and then we'll be okay. You could probably go off it while you're in Colorado. I yeah. might go so far as to as to postulate that the pollen is not as bad over there. I would guess there's far less of it, but I, you know, who knows? I'll find out, I guess. But yeah. Josh, are you an allergy person or are you, uh, are you spared? I mostly am spared, although I have low, like... I don't really have any dramatic symptoms, but uh-huh. I kind of have like low grade fatigue headaches. Okay. This time of year, mm. chronically, and like within the last two days, I've kind of dawned on me like, hey, I probably have allergies. Oh, so the cottonwood trees are doing it to you too? Perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I feel for you, and I hope it gets better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, are are you going on any pedal loser rides? Either have you or or, have or are about yeah. to? I I don't have any planned at this point. Okay. Um, I do need to dive into the calendar and figure out if there's some that I should be doing. Yeah. Are, are you a uh, world naked bike rider or not? I have not yet participated. Okay. Are you it's amenable okay. to it? Or? You, don't, you don't have to. Potentially. Yeah. Okay. I think it's good that it happens. Right. Well, I mean, otherwise it would be happening all over the place, kind of distributed and uh, and dispersed. Right. Get it out of your system. Nobody wants that. <laughs> well, maybe they do. But. Maybe so. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so anyways, that's that's what I've got. I also walked to St. John's yesterday. Did a walk from home from your house? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, we had uh, we had done this whole bus safety exercise thing on Saturday, and so I wanted to have a weekend of some kind. But I had been standing all day. I didn't really want to ride bikes. I felt like I was too tired. But I was like, what if we just ambled by foot? And so we walked through neighborhoods and uh, ended up in St. John's. Had a burrito. Did you do like a lot of stopping along the way, or you just not like, on the way? Walked? We stopped right. on the way back a couple okay. of times, but yeah, we just kind of strolled around, walked. Um, also, a pair of uh, hiking shoes I had to break in because ah, the uh, the hiking in Colorado this summer is going to be happening, and so yes. I've got this new pair of shoes. And you don't want to wanna, you don't want to like just pull the shoes out of the box right before you go to Colorado. <laughs> they would smell better that way. That's that true. New shoe smell. <laughs> I do like that than, new shoe smell. Well, there's like new shoe smell, and like it's never there again. No, you know, kind of like yeah, yeah. Is there a new bike smell? Because there's definitely a new car smell. There, okay, so when the the two bikes that I built, the one outside and then the the kid, the Pugsley, um, there is, you know, the, the frame saver that you spray into the frame. Oh. It's that very unique, yeah. almost like melted crayon kind of smell. Uh-huh. I, I associate that as like new bike smell. Gotcha. Josh? I think of handlebar tape when I think ah. of the smell. True. Which is a pretty subtle odor for sure, but... Depends on what kind of... I mean, if it's like leather handlebar tape, then right. very distinct. Yeah. But but yeah, kind of a kind of a foamy... Uh, what, what kind of... What is that smell? I guess it's petroleum-based, right? It's a... <laughs> it's probably yeah, it's like... Synthetic. Yeah. <laughs> that gassing of the adhesives or, cork, of, or something. Cork. Oh, yeah, true. Well. Yeah. Does cork smell? I don't know. Hmm. Right. <laughs> Have to run some tests on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that was uh, I, I walked eleven miles in all, I think, and uh, we stopped for beer a couple times. Felt good. So, I <laughs> uh, had a good walk yesterday. That was pretty much it. We uh, we did our grocery shopping at the very end of the walk, which I, I'm convinced is the last time that you actually want to go shopping. Like if you've been on your feet. Oh, all day. after you've been out all day. Yeah, yeah. Then they have to like wander through the grocery store. But uh, but we did buy Juanita's uh, 
tortilla chips. That's all you need. Yeah, which if anyone's not familiar, they're they're made here in Oregon in Hood River. And amazing, really good stuff. I'm not sure exactly how far they are distributed. Like I would imagine you could get them in Idaho. Yeah. In Washington. I don't know. But uh these are the best tortilla chips known so to good. man. Mm. The bag so, is like coated in oil. It is. It's just yeah. so amazing. Totally. Yeah. Have you had their uh, their chips with the what is it? Uh, jalapeno where they have like a flavor dust? I I can't I can't bring myself to do it. I'm such <laughs> such a purist or just so married to the original. Like okay. I feel like in a way like oh they sold out. Mm. If you like but... Doritos, they're like <laughs> they're, they're like conscionable Doritos. Okay. Because they're made of good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, and, we didn't, and locally made. Yeah, for sure. We didn't get those, but uh, we got the original. And, you know, walking home with just like a fistful of 180s <laughs> chips, nice. munching on those as you yeah. stroll down the street, it's great. Absolutely great. So that was how I spent my weekend. So, well, Josh, thank you for coming in and join us. Of course. Uh, hey, have you heard of a place called the Beer Mongers in Southeast Division and 12? I have, but I'd love to hear more. Let me tell you. I was just there earlier. They uh, provided some beverages for us. Uh, there's... Uh, what is that uh, on your beverage there? What is the top word? I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right, but quita said. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I don't know if it's like the Spanish word for squirt. I wonder because it's squirt made in Mexico, the grapefruit soda. Yes. Uh, which today, a refreshing flavor. Quite. Yes, on a day like today. Yeah, warmer. It's uh, It's like the IPA. Of sodas. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshing and light. Yeah, with a little bit of a with bite. With some bitterness, yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you can get that yeah, at the Beer Mongers. They have that. Uh, they also have the Heroes Blend. Heroes Blend kombucha made by Lionheart. That's right. Uh, the Cavatica stout that you're having, Josh, is it's a stout beer. And we were talking about seasons for beers earlier. Uh, the Beer Mongers is a place that will sell you a stout all year round, even I, if most people don't drink that many stouts in the summertime. You can get one whenever you want one down there. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, they're a good shop. And another thing that uh, they wanted me to mention was uh, next week, it is the what is the 12th through the 16th, I want to say, is Portland okay. Beer Week. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, or PDX Beer Week. Uh, and they are having events on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, uh, which leaves Monday and Friday for regular beer drinking. So uh, they are they are open 365 days a year, each and every calendar year, and they're open from 10 to 10, I want to say, or thereabouts. But uh, they're always a, always a place to go if you need a tasty beverage. And Portland Beer Week, uh, there's going to be tons and tons of stuff. I was talking to Andrew, the bartender, about... Portland Beer Week because there's another beer festival in July. And we were trying to figure out like what makes them different, and I think we came upon the idea that it's kind of like DC and Marvel. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like you might not have much crossover between the two, uh-huh. you know, but they're both very reputable. So this one, uh, th- this is the uh, perhaps the more localized version, uh, like more Portland beers as opposed okay. to more wider spread. But PDX Beer Week is coming, and uh, there's no better place to celebrate that than at the Beer Mongers. Again, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday uh, events from the 12th to what, like the 18th or 19th or uh, May, June, June, whatever month it is. June. 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 2017. Yeah, everyone panic. So (laughs) anyways, it's uh, it's a good place to be. So Josh, you're with Hi-Fi Wheels. Yes, sir. Tell me about uh, what you do for them. Uh, So Hi-Fi is about four years in as a business, a little bit longer. Um, and 
it was basically me and two other people who started the company. So, um, Patrick Palmer is the main kind of financial business sense guy who's involved. And Brie Rue is the main technical person. Um, her background is with carbon frames. So okay. she used to do handmade, really beautiful custom carbon frames in Arizona in the early to mid two thousands. Um, we were actually already started down the path of starting this business when I learned that she was here in town. Okay. Um, so we added her on quickly as soon as I, like I knew of her, but didn't know her personally. Um, and we've been kind of chipping away ever since. Nice. Nice. Uh, I was looking at the website and you have, uh, you've got a fair spread of, uh, kind of different utility of wheels. Like there's a number of different wheels for different purposes that are, that are, uh, uh in the catalog. Uh, they're all, a lot of them are kind of higher end. It's, uh, you could spend a bit of a change on these wheels. For sure. I would say it's all, it's certainly all relative, um, in the pecking order, but yeah, we're, we're mid to high end. Right. Um, I mean, we're called hi-fi, like high fidelity, but in reality, like we're not audiophile pricing. (laughs) We're we're really more like prosumer level. Sure. You know, lo-fi or like analog doesn't have maybe the same ring that hi-fi would. Right, right. Um, But yeah, I mean, our, our, you know, our top end stuff is pushing like 18, 1900 bucks for, you know, like deeper carbon clinchers. But you compare that to some of our competitors where it's like three to 4,000. Right. For similar product. Um, so we definitely are like one of our missions is definitely to create that level of a prestigious product, but not at that price. Right. So as a person who were probably, I mean, I'm trying to remember the last wheel that I bought was in like the $300 range. What, uh, what, when you go that, that high up in, in price, what are you getting? What, what are you paying for? And to be clear, we do, we do offer stuff as low as like low fives Sure. for like a pretty awesome, good quality. Yeah. Um, so I mean, as you get into the more expensive stuff, you're changing from aluminum to carbon, you're maybe getting a nicer hub, a nicer spoke. Um, but you know, I'd say as you go up the price point, as with anything, like you do get diminishing returns. Um, so you can get a pretty great wheel for low fives. Yeah. It's kind of like wine. Like, uh, you can buy like a $70 bottle of wine, but right. it tastes a bit like a $40 bottle of wine or right. something like that. It, there's like a bell curve, or a $12, I suppose. Or like an excellent $12 <laughs> that you know, diamond in the rough, like it's out there. Yeah. Well, you mentioned carbon. What uh, I always think of carbon as, uh, I don't know, like I, I don't think of it as a wheel material, but what uh, what what does carbon offer when you're looking at, at bicycle wheels? Obviously, it's light. Right. So lightweight. Um, especially as you're getting like a deeper profile rim, um, to do a rim that is like 30, 40, 50 millimeters deep. That's aluminum would be prohibitively heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so with a deeper rim, you're getting more aerodynamics for people who want to go fast. If that's a priority, um, you're, it's also a super strong material. Um, and typically under most people, it's going to last longer. Yeah. Um, it's just more, I mean, not a hundred percent of the time, like you, anything can break if you do the wrong thing to right. it. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can make a really strong, light, pretty awesome, stiff, good responding wheel. That's really interesting because I always think of carbon frames. I I remember like when I was first looking into bikes, um, trying to figure out what kind of bike I would get. And I'm into like going out on the road and putting in hard miles, then going off road and bouncing around a little bit. Uh, and so steel for me was what I wanted my frame to be made of. But, uh, but carbon, it seems like you're saying carbon is stronger than we think it is. 
it's it can be super strong yeah like it, anything can be especially carbon can be made to be you know oftentimes with frames it's made to be strong in one direction and you tip it over and it like it fails uh-huh right like that i've heard stories of that happening to really high-end bikes because they're not made for that side impact to happen yeah it can take a pothole but not like a side swipe right um you know, wheels and frames are obviously very different animals and they're designed to take different types of impacts and loads. And, right. Um, but you can make with a frame, you can make a really good frame out of carbon. You can make a really shitty frame out of carbon. Um, it's interesting to see some metal frames having a real upswing, like aluminum, high quality aluminum is back, um, which is surprising and kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, was there, was there a time when it was not as prevalent? Uh, it was just more of a utilitarian, you know, if you wanted to get something that was relatively light and less expensive, that would be where you'd go. And you'd usually think like, oh, it's not going to ride as smoothly as carbon. Um, but in fact, like you get a really high end aluminum frame, maybe put a carbon fork and carbon wheels on it where the carbon is like well suited to be. And you like, you can make an amazing bike. Like I have several aluminum frames myself that I love. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what do you do with your wheels? Me personally? Yeah. Uh, I do all kinds of riding. Um, I'd say these days I'm mostly doing like in the fall and winter, I'm doing cyclocross, uh, this time of year I'm doing road and gravel and a little bit of mountain biking. Um, I rode over here in my little fixed fixie hipster. That's a classy, it's a really bright frame. It's glow in the dark. Is it? It is. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What, uh, so you said right now it's, it's gravel and road season. Yeah, mostly. I mean, I'm traditionally, I was a road racer, so I did that pretty hard for a long time trying to, you know, I started late in life, but like mm-hmm. kind of went all in. Yeah. Um, and now I'm busy enough with hi-fi that I'm less all in. So I'm, <laughs> you know, not racing very much and just kind of doing fun rides with friends. Mostly. Right. More of a hobby now than a career. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a career in the sense of hi-fi, but not right. in the sense that of as far chasing as, yeah. results. Yeah. Right. Right. Definitely. When you were racing, where were you riding and who were you riding against? Uh, so I started racing really in New Mexico. I'm, I'm originally from Boston, but I moved to New Mexico when I was 29 or 30, somewhere in there. Um, and like dove fully into bike racing there, um, which was a really interesting place to start racing, like big state, not a lot of people. So everything's pretty spread out and the cycling community because of that is really tight Yeah, and really supportive and really cool. Like, you know, everybody, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, you might show up to a race with, like, 14 people in your field or maybe 20 people in your field and you're psyched. Fairly low numbers. Pretty low numbers. Um, but, you know, the other side of that is here where there's tons of, like, this is, quote, unquote, Bike Town USA, right? Um, That's what the bike share system says. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So you might you might have a race that, like, you know, the hill is more than two kilometers long and it's more than 6%. So people will be like, oh, I'm not a climber. I'm not going to do that race. Whereas, like, in New Mexico, you do time trials, you do road races, you do crits. You do you do a little bit of everything. You do everything yeah. because it's there. And, like, what else are you going to do? Um, so it not better or worse necessarily. I mean, there's aspects of it that are better and certainly aspects of it that are worse. But um, Which part of New Mexico were you in? Uh, I was in Taos for five years and then I was in Albuquerque for a couple of years. Nice. Did you hear the hum in Taos? I heard a lot of hum about the hum <laughs> for sure. I had myself convinced that I, that I was hearing it because I was there on, yeah? uh, in March. Oh, nice. And I thought like, well, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't notice it. I was like, I wasn't telling myself what is that hum, but uh, I read about it and then I was like, well, I think I hear that. 
Yeah, yeah. of course I do. All right. But I could have been, could have been fooling myself. Yeah. It's, it's very a, quiet. It's a very interesting, cool place. Yeah, for very sure. much so. Yeah. So what, uh, when you were riding down there, uh, obviously you said there's a lot of hills. Yeah, I mean, it's in the Sangre de Cristo, so it's like the southernmost part of the Rockies. Right. Yeah, kind of the last reach of, of mm-hmm. the Continental Divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, were you riding, these are just like uh, uh, rural farm roads, that sort of thing, or? It was a real mix. I mean, we would do crits in the Balloon Fiesta Park in Albuquerque. Oh. Um, or like downtown Albuquerque or, you know, the various towns and cities. Like, we'd go up to Durango to race. Um and, you know, before long, like, as you kind of move up the ranks, you start traveling more and, you know, we'd throw the team in a van and drive to Massachusetts and like go race for 10 days or something. Represent the state. Totally. Yeah. 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 We actually had big Zias in the middle of our jerseys. Nice. So, like, we were yeah. definitely flying the flag. Yeah, the Zia is the, uh, the New Mexico symbol that's on the flag. Perhaps the coolest flag in the, <laughs> maybe country, I mean, definitely country, maybe world. Like, it's, it's pretty damn cool. It's really cool. I would love to have, like, I don't know, I'd like to have that on something that I own. I don't yet. I'm sure it's possible. Yeah, but, it's yeah. out there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cool logo. Right. What is there, um, what is that, what does that logo represent? I feel like there's... It's uh, a Native American sun symbol. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know, four or five lines, like in Northeast, Southwest, I mean... Not that it corresponds to northeast, southwest, but like sure. up, down, left, right. Yeah, four directions. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good looking one. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? I feel like you should have that tattooed on yourself already. Right? <laughs> I've never even been to New Mexico. I don't know why I would have that tattooed. Because it's <laughs> we'll, awesome. We'll go, we'll go there first. <laughs> okay, and, and I'll go there. Kind of play it by ear, but I won't get the tattoo till I come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what if you like hate it and you already have the tattoo? Like, right. That would be that's, pointless. That's awkward. There's always, yeah, like an ex-girlfriend's name or something. Yeah. Dangerous. Cross it out and put a Doug fur over it. Right. <laughs> Cascadia. I say, like, what, what could we change that into? What would, like, if you were to, to take that symbol and turn it into something Northwestern, I'm sure there'd be a way to. But, I'm sure there would. Yeah. So where do you ride here in Oregon? What, what do you like to do? Uh, these days, I'm... I mean, so Portland is definitely growing, right? Like it's, it's traffic quite patterns are changing. There's a lot more anger. There's a lot of crazy people doing crazy things. I'm getting older and probably more conservative in my pursuits. Uh Um, so like I definitely still do ride on the road, but, um, you know, I'm definitely getting, feel like I'm gravitating slash maybe getting pushed off the road. Okay. Um, and I also just like, I love being in the woods and kind of unplugging and exploring and. Um, so I'm doing more of that for sure. Yeah. Are we talking about like, uh, like, like fat biking or, or... Uh, no, I'm doing more like gravel bike stuff. Okay. Uh, and I'm trying to get more into doing cross country riding, like mountain bike stuff. I haven't done oh, nice. nearly enough mountain biking here in Oregon mm-hmm. and it's super good. Yeah. Where's the gravel? Uh, it's all around us, man. <laughs> Woodward street, Southeast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously like forest parks right there. Right. But, um, it, you leave you leave the city confines and actually even within the city confines there's like we have a really cool gravel ride that we do right out of my door actually in in north northeast portland uh-huh. um kind of like down like if you look over the bluffs from where university of portland is down where those train tracks are uh-huh. oh yeah there's crazy stuff down there yeah and so we've kind of like tied that into a 90 to 120 minute loop that we do pretty regularly nice um yeah, but I mean, you go out towards like Buxton or Vernonia. There's dirt roads everywhere. West of town, yeah. There's tons of logging roads and and yeah. uh, forest roads and that sort of thing. That yeah, 
and some of it is most of it's not off limits, right? There's I, tons of it that's not. Yeah, because I was out riding the the ride that I took last weekend. We were out past Renonia towards the coast, but passing all these uh, it's private forest land. But like Warehouser, for example, one of the big forestry companies, they've got a sign by most of the gates that say. You know, no camping, no fires, that sort of thing. But you are allowed to go in there. You are allowed to to walk, to exercise, to ride your bike. And uh, as long as you don't fuck the place up, that's all they care about. Yeah. So uh, so there's a a ton of resources out there as far as places you can go, uh, new rides you could have. As a matter of fact, there was uh, Jonathan Moss did a big ride up uh, a couple of years ago of in or just outside of Vernonia. There was like a I forget what they were called. It was like the like a bike guest ranch where you could stay at this ranch and then you have easy access to the forest roads and, and uh, forestry roads out oh, there. Yeah. What was that? I forget the name yeah. of it. We went right past it. There's two golden bikes mounted to the gates. And oh, so, really? yeah, it's, it's good looking, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've always been curious about that. Uh, have you ever, uh, ever had any problems like bikes breaking down on the gravel? Um, I'm sure I have. Yeah. I mean, I, my nickname when I was really a hard charging bike racer was mechanical Josh among my <laughs> So yeah, I mean I've had problems in all kinds of different mostly it's just like flat tires or right. you know, like but yeah, I've I've had like derailers break and, you know, have to like cobble together a single like fix the chain into a single speed and how'd you do it? With a chain tool and you know, you just shorten it and like that's you choose a gear and take out some links yeah. commit yeah yeah totally um but you know it's you can get out of most situations by doing stuff like that right i've had flat tires and i actually remember an npr story set in iraq where they're talking about like you know kind of destitute children making do with what they have and they fill their tires with grass right oh yeah i've heard that yeah and so i was out in the middle of nowhere and i had a flat tire and i was like all right i'm filling my tire with gla- with grass um and it got me home yeah, nice. slowly, you know, yeah. but it's better than riding on metal for sure. Right, and you're you're not ruining a tire as well, I'm sure, or like not getting home, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. What was the? How did it ride? Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we put air in our tires for a reason. Right? Needs more grass. <laughs> yeah, denser. I think denser grass. So you're saying like I don't know, like wheat grass or something that would be <laughs> yeah. a, what or, you need. Yeah, like a chia seed wheat grass. <laughs> Chew. First put the chia seeds in, <laughs> then put a little bit of water in there, and they swell up. You chew it, I think, and spit it <laughs> into the tire. The chia seeds swell, and you have this kind of natural buoyancy. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. You're going to start seeing, like, little chia packets, like, at, like, point of sales at bike shops. Yeah. But just, like, you know. That <laughs> Fix N- a flat with chia seeds. Right. That NPR story influenced me. Like, yeah. five years from now, someone's going to be like, I heard this on a podcast once, and I had a flat tire in the middle of nowhere, so. Yeah. Totally. I, that's the thing. Like, there are some flat tires you can fix, and some you can't. Were you were you running tubeless or anything like that? Or was this it was way pre tubeless. Way pre. Yeah. So just like a tube, you can't fix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always worried about that because I like going out and trying to ride in like weird, crazy places, places that you know ostensibly you shouldn't be. And I'm always worried that someday it's going to be the day that like something happens. I well, suppose you had, you, you had busted a crank at one point. That's true. I was lucky enough to be like right outside of Bend. And so, I mean, I wasn't even like, I I was like probably still inside the city limits. I was at Tumalo State Park. Okay. And uh, yeah, that was where Adele towed me uphill. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I don't have clip pedals. I just have like platform pedals. And so I had bungee cabled Uh, my my shoe to the remaining pedal. (sighs) 
and I was giving like one stroke every, you know, like or half a stroke every every pedal cycle. Right. And she was pulling me up the hill. I was doing the best I could, <laughs> but it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But that that happened, yeah, in the in the city. So I don't take my pedals off in the woods. No. For specifically for that <laughs> for reason. For that reason. Yeah. <laughs> You you haven't had any like big mechanicals, have you? Like in there in, was the time where uh, the cable, my front derailleur, was it front or rear? One of my derailleur cables snapped. Okay, and we had to. I think it was the front derailleur cable. Yeah, because we then ran a new cable to the rear, and I used the old rear cable for the front derailleur. And that is pretty awesome. Yeah, well, and it's actually the thing that convinced me to go with down tube shifters. Was because I didn't quite have enough cable to go like all the way around the the bars with the bar ends, and it just so happened that this particular brand of bar ends that I had uh, made by Diacomp could also be used as down tube shifters. Mm. So, Perfect. Yeah, I just converted that one to a down tube. That was pretty. Yeah, pretty fortunate that that worked out that way. Otherwise, I probably would have just ran a one by. Yeah, you know. And was that that was like in Carmel, yeah. right? Yeah. Carmel, California. Yeah, so there was still a lot of hills to go through. Right. Yeah, we were just, like, approaching pieces of Big Sur that we hadn't been in yet. And, yeah, it was back when you could still do that before the landslide took it all out. Yes. But, yeah, I remember trying to fix that and trying to fix it in, like, a torrential downpour. A little bit for Big Sur there. That's right. Yep. I mean, it's still there. That's true. In a way, Big Sur (laughs) might be happier. (laughs) Right, right. all these people going through it. But, yes, absolutely. Have you ever had any other disastrous mechanicals in any of your adventures? Oh, I've had many. Yes. Tell us a story. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually also broke a derailleur cable. I wasn't ingenious enough to fix it the way Aaron did, but... Um, I, it was mostly just luck, in all honesty. No, that's a good solution, though. <laughs> um, I did... Uh, have you ridden in Maui at all? No, but you've ridden in, what, the Big Island? Uh, nope. No. Key. On Oahu. Oahu. Okay, Yes. I'll just well, keep Maui on naming has islands. the what is Aliakla the longest is yeah yeah and the longest ascent right right yeah that's Haleakala yeah. yeah so Haleakala is like in the middle of like uh, the main part mm-hmm. of Maui like mm-hmm. Maui's basically a torso and a head I've been on Maui before okay. yeah I just never rode on so it. there's a the road to Hana is a really popular drive yep. as well as bike ride the less popular road because it's in total disrepair is the leeward side of the volcano. So coming around, going south. Like uh-huh. the south side, uh-huh. yeah. So the north side, and I'm probably making up numbers, but the north side, because it's the windward side, gets something like 300 inches of rain a year. And Tons it's tropical forests. Yeah. And there's like rainbow eucalyptus trees, and it's amazing, and waterfalls, and crazy. And the leeward side gets like nine inches right. a year because there's a 10,000-foot volcano between the two. Yeah. Um, and the roads are like more potholes than pavement. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I remember so, that. I was there in high school and I remember the South side was my favorite part. It's you know? awesome. There's nobody there. Nobody else likes the South side, but I, I just love desert. Yeah. No, it's, and it's amazing that the, both of those things are as the crow flies, not that far apart. Um, so one of my favorite rides in the world is to do that as a lap. So like you go down the South side in through the desert and then kind of come up through the wind and like go through Hana. And then from Hana, you do like you know, there's all the, I think there's 30 one lane bridges that you cross. So you're yeah. basically like going up a hill, descending, crossing a one lane bridge, <laughs> going up another hill, descending like over and over and over. Totally. And before most of those hills, I broke my rear derailleur. Oh, no. the rear derailleur. Yeah. So the cable snapped actually. 
dropped all the way down to the 11, so the hardest gear. So right, I basically right. had a 3911 and a 5311. <laughs> so I was 3911 <laughs> up those like, the whole way. 36 hills and 5311 down those 36 hills. Incredible. After doing like the whole south yeah. side of the, like it was it's a lot. super gnarly. Yeah, it's a lot harder to just fix your rear derailleur into one position. And I wasn't smart enough to lock it out. Like, of course I could have locked it out like four gears easier right but like you know it's easy to say now like at the time i was like okay right 11 it is <laughs> yeah and what's the mileage on that whole loop it's like 120 okay yeah it's, oh my gosh it's crazy that's intense but so, it's, a, it's a hard 120 no too. kidding well with all the up and down especially yeah, yeah but it's it's like you have re- like real rainforest and real desert and like a bunch of dirt in between right yeah so it's super cool it's got to be beautiful yeah it's so amazing when were you there I've been there a few times. Okay. Yeah. Um, I went there specifically to ride and actually ended up doing some guiding, like road bike guiding when I was there. Oh, nice. Pick yeah. up an extra gig. Yeah. And, you know, basically like at the time when I was really trying to be a road racer, I mean, not professionally or anything, but like, you know, as close to that level as I could. Make a dent. Um, I was on the road a bunch, so I would work remotely. Yeah. Um, so I was mostly at that point writing. Um, and I can do that from anywhere. So mm-hmm. I was doing it from there. And then, you know, so I like got a gig doing an article about cycling in Maui. So turned that into work because I was doing that. I got discounted lodging. And then while I was there, I was working as a guide. So that's a pretty, that's a life hack right there. It was good. It was good. I mean, I was definitely not like raking in the dough, but the experience was amazing. Yeah. Well, and you were able to do it more affordably and first to do something you loved for longer. Right. So that's great. Nice. Do you have any uh, travel coming up? Are you planning anything uh, out of, out of state or out of, out of city? Not really. Nothing big. Um, what do we have coming up? I don't know. I think I'm going to go do a, a cyclocross race in Sacramento. They, okay. They just got a, a um, UCI race down there. Nice. So our friends that do squid bikes are promoting that. So we're going to go support that. Yeah. That's just on my radar because I've been talking to them recently. Very cool. About that. Yeah. The squid bikes, you said? Yeah. I'm unfamiliar. Are they... Uh... Are they a cyclocross specialty? Or? Uh, they are. They're starting to branch out and do other stuff, but um, they are an aluminum frame producer down okay. in the Sacramento area. Um, they're super awesome, like one of Hi-Fi's better partners for sure. Yeah. Um, so they do – their frame is called a rattle can, and basically their <laughs> gig is they send you a raw, unpainted aluminum frame, um, and they kind of like – they can either help – teach you how to, you're going to paint this frame yourself uh-huh. or not. And it's kind of on you, how you finish it. Sure. Um, and they re- more recently have started distributing a spray paint that's formulated specifically for bikes. Oh, really? Called huh. Spray Dot Bike. Interesting. Super cool product. It's yeah. produced in Athens, Greece. Okay. Um, and the family behind it, it's a long time, you know, they've done various paints of different types, but yeah. never, like, you know, generations, but never anything specifically for bikes. And yeah. that's uh, within the last I think five years they've been doing that. Do you so know what makes it bike specific? Yeah, yeah. So they formulated it so that it's really good at, um, adhering to a round tube. So if you wanted to like do a big flat surface, it okay. would not be good. Sure. Um, but it's great for tubes Gotcha. Um, and you can hold it pretty close and it won't drip. Yeah. You don't have to worry uh, about like, yeah, nice this level runs or anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is always, I mean, I've always wanted to do like some sort of custom bike paint someday. Yeah. It's but super liberating. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the sort of thing like it's it's your self expression. You could you could have as many stripes or as many colors as you wanted. Right. Yeah. So I'm in the process of repainting two of mine. I have two of their bikes. Nice. Um 
And the first one I had a friend paint and it came out beautifully. Uh The second one I painted myself and like the concept was good, but it looked shitty. (laughs) Um, but like it was a learning process and like stripping it and redoing it is not that big a deal. Sure. And I'm super stoked about the next two. Right. So very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It's fun. I, I definitely gravitate and you know, I'd say that's, that's kind of how, why hi-fi gets along so well with them in part is, uh, being more playful in what can be a really serious, you know, like we want to be very good performing wheels, just like they want to be very good performing frames. Right. Um, but we don't have to be so pretentious or precious. Well, the way. yeah, there's a lot of that. I think that's part of the reason that, that racing seems unappealing to some people like me. I think I've, I've had bad associations because of the imaging has always been like, like this one thing, a little bit elitist. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, just from what you brought in here, like the catalog for hi-fi, for example, looking at the art and everything like that is, uh, that's decidedly a different image than you would usually see from, from a like pro or semi pro bike supplier. So yeah, you guys are, you're shooting in that direction for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's near and dear to, you know, we want to get people excited about what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that's why hi-fi is our name and that's why we quote unquote riff off of music as a theme. Um, people get excited about music. It inspires them in one way or another, whether it's, you know, like Pavarotti or the Pixies, like whatever, whatever that music is. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, if you, if we can capture some of that feeling when someone's looking at their bike, looking at their wheels, that's perfect. Like that's a good goal for us. Totally. Yeah. Well, it'd also be a good YouTube mashup. Pavarotti and the Pixies. Pixies. Yeah. (laughs) I'm calling somebody to do that right now. (laughs) Uh, we have to ask what music do you listen to? What do you like? Um, I have pretty diverse tastes, but I would say I grew up definitely like a classic rock kid. Uh huh. Um, so I'm born in 73 and I have very distinct memories of my first clock radio that I got when I was five Nice. and 94.5 or sorry, 94 and a half WCOZ kick-ass rock and roll. Uh-huh. Um, so it was like more album when album rock was kind of a up and coming yeah. thing. Yeah. And it was like hard rock based. Mm-hmm. So 79 Pink Floyd, the wall, like I had no idea what, you know, we don't need no education was about, but right. like, you know, five, six years old, like I'm like, yeah, we don't need no education. Absolutely. <laughs> This is the truth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say I started off with like that, like the light up babysitter that was super into Mick Jagger and the stones and the police and Jay Giles band is a Boston band. So the cars, Boston band. Um, that's that, right. I forgot about that. That all surrounded me all the time. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of got more into like sixties jazz and funk mm-hmm. getting into college. And now I'm kind of into all of those things. Plus like a lot of the cool local music we have yeah. here. Nice. Do yeah. you do you skew electronic at all, or are you uh, not really? No. no. no you like electronica. Hi-fi. Sure. Or or just like I don't know. Like like electronic rock is kind of a thing that's now a thing that wasn't before. But like what's a for example? Uh, I think in like MGMT, uh, something or, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like like synths have become. Like, I mean, I I love Radiohead. Like, there's a lot of right. electronic shit going on there. They're totally. One of my favorite bands. Yeah, like keyboard forward bands. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess, I mean, if you're talking about classic rock, that's kind of always been Yeah, I mean, the Doors are keyboard heavy, and yeah. I've always been a big Doors fan. For sure. What yeah. about you? What, what, what kind of music do you guys like? Oh. Uh, I used to play Fender Rhodes, but then I left that at a previous house. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to last episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I'm i a big 90s kid. Uh, I'm a huge Eve 6 fan. Um, it's, I, I like all the dumb music that everybody hates. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'm also a big fan of like the cars, for example, and uh-huh. some of that keyboard forward uh, kind of like synth rock uh, early stuff, uh, kind of a, like like new wave ish, uh, and then mix that with a little bit of like like kind of folk in, influence and uh, banjos and that sort of thing. That I think those are the three corners of my triangle. That's like interesting mashup. It is. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm fairly eclectic. But you like uh, you like some things that a lot of people I like are some things mystified by. <laughs> I like anything that skews like odd. You know, I mean, Radiohead was cool. Loved Amnesiac. Uh-huh. You know, um, Hilt of the Thief was actually really cool too. Um, <clears throat> but you know, grew up on like it, throughout high school was just married to the Ramones mm-hmm. and would be anything that was like in the pop punk stuff, and then discovering more arty stuff like Sonic Youth and even like. <clears throat> older stuff like uh Husker Du or even um was it Killjoy? I think that's yeah. Anyways, like from the eighties, like arty or weirder stuff. King Crimson was a little bit too kind of highbrow for me, a little bit too much in the head, but anything that just skews odd, I guess, uh that doesn't necessarily use uh notes. In quotes there. Yeah. Air quotes. And, notes and, as a melody or notes as a as a basis of for the song. And Tom Waits. Oh and Tom God. Waits. And Tom oh, Waits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tom Waits is the man. Big in Japan. Have you seen him? I have not. Oh. Have you? I passed up a chance, actually. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have asked. Yeah. And I probably won't ever get to see him. <laughs> Six times. What? Six. Whoa. Yep. Wow. That's impressive. I, like I yeah. had an opportunity. Yeah. He was doing his Mule Variations tour. He's living in Boston. I saw him three times there and made my friends from L.A. come out and see him with me. And then they made me go out and see him out there at the Will Turn. There you wow. go. Three times in Boston, two times there. All during, like, Mule Variations? Those five. Wow. And then his next tour, I was living in New Mexico and went down to see him in El Paso. That's well, a- What tour was that? What was he doing? Whatever the next one was, he came up with a weird acronym to describe, like, Sokotoa. It wasn't Sokotoa, but it was oh. something like that. Okay. That was like, it, we were the E for El Paso in that <laughs> like weird spelled out acronym. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's good to have, it's good to have music, whatever you like. I think it's good to hear it in, uh, in some sort of fidelity, usually high, <laughs> unless it happens to be like lo-fi garage rock that you're into. Yeah. Uh, and that is also perfectly fine, but, uh, well, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Do you have yeah. uh, a way that people can find Hi-Fi Wheels? RideHiFi.com. There we go. And also on tap at Basecamp. Is it still there? They may still have. Last time I was in there, they did, and okay. I was doing my part. Yeah, because it was a crossover beer where yeah. you helped design. Uh, what was the uh, what was the involvement there? I had a little bit of input flavor-wise. But okay. Basically, uh, both Stumptown Coffee and Basecamp Brewing were sponsors of our cyclocross team. Okay. Um, and we had the idea of, hey, let's create something together. Let's do a collaboration. Um, obviously, both of those brands are big into collaborations. They do tons of beer brewing with other breweries. Basecamp <laughs> right. does. Yeah. Um, and Stumptown obviously like does all kinds of different things. Um. And it was awesome. Like we all basically had two meetings where one in particular, we went to Stumptown Cold Brew. The base camp guys walked over because it's not very far away um, with a bunch of beers. And like we literally just like did a little chemistry taste test. Like here are the beers we're thinking of. Here are the coffees we're thinking of. And like pass it around. And 
Um, I mean, these are like super tasters, right? So I'm yeah. like, you know, it tastes good to me. And they're like, oh, it has <laughs> notes of, yes. you know, I don't, I, I'm not going to pretend to say what it has. I like of. it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Try growing up with one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the idea was like, you know, Belgium is a cycling hotbed. Let's start with a Belgian ale, especially because this is a cyclocross flavored thing. There we go. Um, and let's add coffee to it. And, you know, let's do something different than like a really heavy coffee stout. Um, and that was the result it was pretty awesome yeah pretty exciting to be part of that yeah i've had it multiple times when i go to base camp and i haven't been to base camp in a couple of months now it's about time to go back i guess it is but uh it may still be on tap there so very good uh is there any storefront are you guys at hi-fi just uh we do have a storefront and actually we were talking about the j district earlier i don't know if we were recording that part but yeah um we're in the j district so oh for real yeah we're 92nd in division Holy shit. There we go. Um, so wow. Currently I should stop. By. I'm like in that area quite often. Give me a yeah. heads up because I was, as I was going to say, we're pretty much by appointment only. Right oh, now. okay. Right. Um, but we're working towards having like full retail fairly soon. Hopefully this summer we should have like, you know, semi-regular hours and right on. Yeah. And we'll do, you know, like soft goods and mm-hmm. complimentary products. Like we're not going to be a full bike shop. We're mostly right, right. there to sell wheels, but very good. Well, yeah. people should come by. You'll have to let us know when that time comes, and we'll uh, we'll pass them your direction. For sure. Excellent. Right on. Well, do you have time to hang out with us for our mail and news? Sure. Fabulous. Don't don't ever use that. What's on it? Okay. Um, well, still coming current until July second is the vintage Italian bike exhibit presented by Brooklyn Velodrome Vintage Wheelman, and that is in. Brooklyn. That's right. <clears throat> um, second Friday of every month, Indianapolis Bike Party. And there'll be a little bit more from that in a second. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Um, June 6th. That the would Alameda be tomorrow. Stair yes, yes. Or tonight, if you're hearing it tonight or, or. perhaps yesterday. We'll see. <laughs> tomorrow for us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. At the time of recording. June 7th. Holy shit. That's coming up. Oh, damn. yeah. I got to get my shit together. Uh, Prince, for- <laughs> Prince Forever Ride. And uh, Prince and, and Apollonia will be making a reappearance. Yes, it's a good costume. Hopefully on a long tail. We'll see. Rare chance to see Aaron Flores wearing white. <laughs> yes. Um, June 8th through 11th is the Oregon Ramble. It's coming quick. June 10th, Clever Cycles turns 10. That's right. Much fun will be had. Also, June 10th is Ride with the Winemaker. Yeah. Uh, filmed by Bikes, Pedal Palooza Ride. Totally. And can I just uh, just let me insert this as I'm yes. thinking about it. Also on June 10th. The Podkits broadcast. I wanted to let you know about a fucking cool event coming up on June 10th. It's called Grilled by Bike. And <laughs> if you can't tell by the name, we will be throwing hatchet knives and axes at wood. Dead wood. Be there. Send snacks. Peninsula Park at 1 p.m. Pro tip. Take the TriMed Max there if you have sore ass cheeks and are hungover. We will probably camp on the beach again if there is interest in Mother Nature isn't a piece of shit. Peace out, homies. See you at Puddle Pupadal Pupadal Papadal Papadal Pa fucking Lusa. I didn't quite get any of that like last five seconds, but. I think they were spelling Pedalpalooza. I see. <laughs> so that uh, that is grilled by bike, which we have failed to promote soon enough. I mean, if you hear this, you're going to hear it's this Saturday. It's the tenth. Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel a little bit bad, but then again, like they 
do really good at promoting themselves. <laughs> they do. I'm sure most people yeah. who need to know already know. But we yes. should do our part to say that that is happening. So it uh, it begins, I think, what, uh, right before Clever Cycles Ride? Continues uh, either, after the Clever Cycles either Ride. Either an hour after or an hour before. Depends but, on which coast you're on. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it continues all night. So right. I do recall on their Instagram post they said, please don't bring a tent. And I imagine because, one, don't plan on spending the night because that may not be a possibility but also um there's probably like a no camping rule on the beach right and if you're all just kind of hanging out it's just an all-night party that's right but as soon as the tent goes up you're now camping and we would not advocate the breaking of any law no we never do not here on the sprocket podcast that's right hey june 10th also oh we said that ride ride with the winemaker but june 11th is Dad's on vacation. Dad's on vacation. It's another ride from uh, the Grill by Bike crew. It's going to be great. Uh, June 14th, Bicycle Xmas. Buy your ex a bike. June 18th, the Brompton World Championships in New York City. Woo. June 24th, Women Bike Beginners Bike Camp brought mm-hmm. to you by Kat from the, oh, the, the Joyride, Joyride Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I can't believe like it just went... Boom, out of my head as soon as I was about to say it. That happens with me all the time. Uh, June 24th also is Gathering at Gateway Green featuring Dirt Lab. And if I recall correctly, there is a Pedalpalooza ride going to the uh, Gateway Green. They need help carrying some supplies. Yes. So uh, check that out. Shift2bike.org. Yep. Shift2bikes, plural. Sorry. Yes. You should also shift to a bike. Yes. Uh, July 7th, the Steens Mazama 1000. Be a dot or watch some dots. That's right. Josh, are you uh, connected to, interested in, or involved with any of this? Not connected to. I am sort of drawn to this yeah. concept. It you looks amazing. You might do it this year? I think it's a long shot, but I would not rule it out. <laughs> yeah. You might do it next year. It sounds crazy cool. Yeah. Would you do it on a 35 by 11? Yeah. All oh, right. 11 now. <laughs> 35 sounds all right. Do it Maui style. 35 Honest style. by 36. <laughs> yeah. Uh, July 29th. Oh, wait. July 15th through 16th is the Seattle to Portland. That's right. Organized group health ride. It's, yes. uh, it's, a good, it's a good one. Have you done that one, Josh? I have not done that okay. one. Okay. I have a weird concept of maybe inappropriate. I need to consult with the appropriate people to figure it out, but... PTSD. Oh. The Portland to Seattle oh. double. <laughs> I like well, it. Man. No, I've, I've thought about like, or the PTS, or, or sorry, yeah, Portland to Seattle to Portland. Right. PTS. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So day one is PTSTP. Like against the grain. Yeah. Sleep, you know, 200 miles, sleep, come back the next day and like pay for the event. So you can like pilfer right, right, right. in both of directions. Of course. Totally. <laughs> right? That's actually super smart. And do it to benefit veterans with PTSD. So right. they're not a complete douchebag by using Hey, the there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's important. I think, yeah. No, I think that's, that's right. great. I like it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> not this year. I mean, I, I don't think I'd be ready for it this year. <laughs> no, Next no. Year, definitely. Yeah. Can I commit? Uh, well, I have I to steal I can semi-commit. Um, as, and as much as okay, <laughs> I'd be willing to try. You could right. do it on a steel frame. Oh, People yeah. did it on Bromptons. I'd have to do two days up and two days back. <laughs> one day each way, buddy. <laughs> I have done one like from here to Tacoma or Puyallup. So same. Thing. See, it's yeah, close it's not enough. that much more. Yeah, yeah. If you can do a hundred, you can do two. Right. I just need the right <laughs> chamois butter. Right. 
July 17th. This is new, everybody. This is Fuck Yeah, It's Summer Ride. This is in Indianapolis, by the way. Put on by Two Kings Bikes. Like all rides Two Kings puts on, it will feature sections that aren't roads, potential trespassing, and BYOB. So we know that you can drink outside, and it's okay. That's legal. Yes. Uh, Potential trespassing, I don't know what the law says in Indiana. Uh, I'm just telling you what they do. Oh, absolutely. No, we're saying you should go and you should be involved in this. But your choice to break any laws, regulations, et cetera, that apply to you, that's your choice as an adult. Yes. We don't advocate it. That would be wrong. Yes, our our promotion of this event does not imply any uh, endorsement of breaking the law. That's right. Yes. Uh, July 29th is Python. I Big mean, things happening. does sound like it might be fun to break the law, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Sounds like it'd be fun. <laughs> September 1st, film by bike in Petoskey, Michigan, Eugene, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and Charlevoix, Michigan. And check Film by Bikes website for other tour spots. That's right. October 6th, the AMLX Challenge, in which you ride ridiculous mileage. No entry fees. All ups and downs. No support. All the glory. Uh, also, October 6th and through the 8th is the Youth Bicycle Summit. That is correct. All right. So uh, with that, we are done with our calendar and we move on to our headlines. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? We have one piece of news, but it is a hell of a piece of news. Okay, let's let's go. What is it? So this came to us from bikeportland.org, as in I got onto bikeportland.org and found this article. Ah. <laughs> uh, it's titled, Oregon's $8 billion transportation bill promises congestion relief by doubling down on highways. Doubling down. Yes. 298-page uh, House Bill 2017 aims to raise $8.2 billion over the next 10 years from a combination of increases to existing taxes and fees and a few new ones. And I wrote down the few highlights <laughs> that exist, but uh, there is quite a bit. And this is very Portland-centric, so apologies to those listening abroad. However, yeah. there may be some lessons you could take from this. Okay, so if you're into lessons, stick around. Yes. Uh, one of the big major wins is that Powell Boulevard may a city road boulevard or whatever that is owned by the or run by the state uh-huh. by Oregon Department of Transportation may be handed over to Portland's Bureau of Transportation. Right. Uh, which is something we've or many bike activists have been asking for. Which really is the kind of what's standing in the way to a lot of safety improvements in Correct. that corridor. Uh, it would be what uh, quote entering into a memorandum of understanding to transfer jurisdiction. Yes. <laughs> How, dis, however you deci- dissect yeah. that kind of language. It means yeah. they'll work together. Um, there's also going to be a creation of a governor-appointed body charged with implementing the state's transportation policies, and that is OTC, the Oregon Transportation Commission. Okay. They will have some power in keeping uh, ODOT um, a little bit more on task with 
trying to engineer out um, some of the more preventable crashes and fatalities. Uh, so you said you were going to make it safe. Make it safe. Make it yeah. done. Yes. Uh, driving will so. get more expensive. Uh, to help pay for new and improved roads and bridges, Oregonians will spend even more of their money for the privilege of owning and operating a motor vehicle if this bill passes. Um, and there are a lot of various fees right. attached to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Your tags will get more expensive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, gas, but tax the fuck out of those gas things, Gas will be higher taxed. Um, there's an interesting um, tax for higher efficiency vehicles mm-hmm. um and it's the language is really hard to dissect so i didn't quite include that sure it it seemed a little backwards like lower efficiency lower mile per gallon efficiency vehicles were getting less tax than higher mile mile per gallon is that right vehicles okay. yeah and maybe i read this wrong i kind of hope i did the prius owners was, are gonna have to hash that one out themselves but then again yeah. <laughs> um, one big win is that uh, new revenue uh, or sorry, uh, let me go back to transit. Yes. Uh, so a big win is that uh, new revenue from employee payroll taxes of one tenth of one percent. Uh, that money will be used for will not be used for light rail, but must be spent on increasing bus frequency, purchasing news buses, subsidizing fares for low income people which I am all for, and expanding routes to rural areas. That is interesting because I think a lot of people would say, like, you should go train first or, like, let's have a new max line somewhere or something. But- right, and and when I first read it and it said, like, you know, it can't be used on, on the max or on the train, and I was like, ah, oh, come on, really? But then, you know, after reading further the, the outline, I was actually quite excited. Yeah, more and more of the people who need transit service the most are the ones who live beyond the reach of light rail who yeah. need uh, a bus to come more than once an hour. Well, unless we start, you know, um, really implementing some kind of like a citywide streetcar system, uh, the bus is going to be our way to go. Like, you know, the max, you have a station. Man, if streetcars were a good idea, the know, city would have been covered with them 100 years ago. They were covered oh. with them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, some bad news. There will, if this passes, there will be added on a bike tax. Uh, shops and sellers, which by the definition of this bill um, is pretty broad and vague. I don't think they would make it. Anyone who sells a bike, like say if you are Craigslisting your bike, uh-huh. but it's just vague enough that it could. So like some guy is going to come to the Craigslist meetup <clears throat> with the guy anyone, buying your bike. Right, right. Uh, I'm the from way the, state. the The way the language was was like any person or entity that is selling a bike um, for, I think they said livelihood or profit. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, there will be a tax added to that sale um, on the line item, line item on the customer's receipt. Okay. Um, so check the so receipt from the chop shop. Even though Oregon doesn't have a sales, or even yeah, even though Oregon doesn't have a sales tax, you might have a bike sales tax, which is different than a sale like a straight sales tax. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Interesting. Um, however, it also includes eight million dollars per year specifically for multi-use paths and ten million dollars a year. For the safe routes to school program, so it's kind of like teach kids to bike. You got a, you got a bitter pill to swallow. Get behind that. For yeah. Some of this. Here's the thing. It's not passed yet. Okay. If you don't like it, call your congressperson. Uh huh. 
call whoever the powers that be say like, look, this is good. This is bad. Let's fix this. Yeah. Um, I need more pork barrel. Yes. <laughs> I want more pork and my, more barrels. Um, a really big kind of like, I don't know, slap to the face in, in all of this is um, they are going to, they they call it congestion relief, but it's widening of freeways. Oh, okay. Um, uh, three hundred thirty-eight million dollars are gonna go to widening I five at the Rose Quarter. One hundred fifty-two million dollars to build wider two hundred five uh, Abernathy Bridge. Um, one hundred eighty-eight million to widen uh, I two hundred five between Oregon City and Stafford Road. Ninety-nine million to widen Highway two seventeen. Okay, so I don't scientifically wanna... <laughs> historically widening roads has not worked to relieve congestion, and yet. Our wonderful people at uh, whoever is uh, engineering this bill thinks yeah, it might work this time. I don't know. I don't want to get drunk like I did last time. So <laughs> I'm going to cut this whiskey with vodka. Right. Right. Um, there will be a creation of a task force. I find this a little um, interesting. There's going to be a task force um, to task oversee. Force. Yeah. To oversee any transportation project with a price tag of $500 million or more, um, this is to uh, avoid embarrassing and expensive uh, boondoggles um, at, that sort of become this uh, – uh, what am I trying to say? Like this this uh, uh, public uh, or PR nightmare for ODOT. Um, yeah. Kind of like some of these uh, freeway exits that have gone nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you see these entrance ramps that are blocked off or these exit ramps that are blocked off. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's 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 been kind of an embarrassing em- embarrassing moment for right for the uh, transportation departments of the time. Uh, this task force is designed to avoid that. Um, in order to cut costs, we are hiring more people to <laughs> see try to keep people from. There you go. More money. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, Works every time. And then lastly, salt. Salt? Uh, yes. Uh, they are going to require ODOT to salt the roads if at least two inches of snow falls within a 12-hour period. And the law would also require larger cities of over 160,000 160, people uh, to use salt under those same circumstances. Will it be artisan salt? Oh yeah, collected from the sea. Okay, by bicycle. That's what I. That's what I care about most. <laughs> Very good. Well, that uh, that's a lot of news. It's a lot of news. But I, it seems to me like things are largely headed in the right direction. So, I don't know. I have a question. Like, while slightly all listening of to these, port? all of these sort of pluses that have happened that are that are attached to this, is it worth a bicycle sales tax? Hmm. Yeah, I, Josh. What do you think? So, as I understand it, the sales tax can be as high as twenty five percent on new, yeah new they i mean percent is this article doesn't doesn't give me a number, but yeah, I've heard that before completely ridiculous yes um, so, a quarter of the sales of a bike right um and I've heard the legend i I'm fairly ignorant to this honestly, so i'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna speak to it fairly ignorantly, but um the legislator who proposed this 
did point out that a portion of the money would go towards bike infrastructure. Um, the bi- bike infrastructure doesn't need that much money thrown at it. Like, we'd be better off not having something that kills bicycle sales. Right. Right. What good is the infrastructure if no one's buying the bike to use said infrastructure? It'll last like... longer if there are fewer bikes on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right. And well, and I, and I see, I see, like you know, years this comes into review, and you know, possibly the same legislator goes like, you know, we built this infrastructure, no one's using it. <laughs> well, yeah, because no one's buying these bikes, and but using that as a case to then tear out said infrastructure. Oh, yeah. And there's an inexpensive way to cut down on freeway traffic, like make good bicycle infrastructure. We already have pretty good ridership here. That's true. It could be yeah. better. It could be safer. Um, it's definitely less than $180 million 205 expansion and another $150 million 205 bridge expansion. It is. And those things are so goddamn big already. You know, I mean, maybe to someone from a uh, place with bigger freeways, that seems ridiculous. But three lanes in each direction to me in Oregon seems like a lot. Yes. So. I often go back to a comment I heard Jonathan Mouse say, and I'm sure he's said this many times. So I know, like, repeating this is not a big deal. But uh, on a ride with him, you know, saying, essentially, we don't need more bike lanes. We got plenty of them here. They're just filled with cars. Yeah. <laughs> shut that <laughs> Shut that down. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we may not have better bicycle infrastructure yet, but one thing I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we do have... Yes, we do. And we got a new donor, Gregory Braithwaite. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I do believe you've written to us a couple times, Gregory. Yeah, yeah so. he's a he's a former uh, first-time donor, long-time writer. <laughs> long-time listener. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and we got a voicemail from someone calling themselves Conrad. Yes, I believe his name is Conrad. Okay. He has no reason to lie. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? This is Conrad um, from Portland. Uh, I'm biking the Oregon coast right now, and yeah. uh, we're at the Omaha Lighthouse. We started in Portland. We biked up to Astoria, and then we went from Astoria down to the Omaha Lighthouse, where we are right now. We're probably going to reach Brookings, um, not tomorrow, but the next day. And uh, we're trying to figure out how to get back. Um, so oh, no. I don't know how people get back after biking the coast. And I was wondering if you guys might be able to provide um, ideas or know of resources that we might be able to use, um, like a car rental or or something, because I'm kind of at a loss. I've looked up U-Hauls, and it's something like, to rent a U-Haul for what we're doing. So I really appreciate your show, and uh, I look forward to talking to you. I know. So my first thought is, how close are they to Tillamook? Right. They're nowhere near Tillamook. They're nowhere near, because there's that shuttle. (laughs) It's pretty inexpensive. There were a couple of things. I actually wrote back to Conrad because it sounded like they they were in uh, dire straits, (laughs) or at least they they needed- I was feeling really bad by the end of this. They needed to make a plan. And so, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I couldn't find the the last communication I had with Conrad, uh, but we texted back and forth a little bit. And uh, I think he and his crew ended up doing the U-Haul. I think they ended up doing- Oh, for real? I'm not sure, but I think that's what they did. Uh, just because it was the best option to get them where they needed oh, okay. to go. 
it is super expensive. I know there are other places if you have the luxury of time. Uh, you can also take, uh, there are some public transit buses. I know there's a gap, um, at some point, but, uh, if I can recall correctly, you can catch a bus from Brookings back to North Bend Coos Bay area. You can catch, uh, there's a, uh, either a point or a, a contractor bus of some kind that could get you to Eugene. And then you could catch the, uh, Amtrak or Bolt bus back to Portland. Uh, there's a number of other ways I suppose you could do it as well, but, uh, but yeah, I think they ended up with some sort of rental situation where okay. they just kind of loaded everything into a vehicle and drove back. So, uh, Conrad, thanks for calling up. Um, I uh, I hope uh, it went well. I hope you did not take too big of a hit to the bank. Uh, yeah. But thank you for calling. <laughs> thanks for being in touch. And uh, please send us some more stories from your trip. So um, we we will do everything we can <laughs> to help out a bicycle tourist in need. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm a little surprised they thought of us. Yeah, but, for sure. But thank you for thinking of well, us. Well, we love you. We love you very <laughs> <Yes>. much. <laughs> Please be in touch. Uh, next up, Keith sent us a video. Uh, this is also Keith from the Indianapolis Bike Party. That's right. Who will be leading the Fuck Yeah at Summer Ride. Fuck yeah. Uh, he says, I'm not sure if this made it your way, but this dude built a tall BMX bike. Tall. Yeah. Um, I cannot open it from here. I don't know if you can open it from your machine. Um, I cannot I probably open it from mine, but, uh, well, wait, can I, it's pretty cool in that he, the guy who did this video, um, like took his camera and like showed you all the welds and, and kind of talked over how exactly he put this thing together. Yeah. I saw this. It was um, great. And then he rode some trails with it. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely, lovely construction. Uh, next up, Jeremy Kitchen tweets to us, anyone have any tips on how to best carry a bike town bike up some stairs? Asking for a friend. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have promised uh, a beer to anyone who completes the stair carry ride with one of those bike town bikes. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea, honestly. I don't think <laughs> you should. They're pretty heavy. 50 pounds but or so. Who was it? Someone we know did uh, the DRTs on a bike town. The disaster relief trials. Yes. Yes. There was a team that uh, they they were doing disaster relief. He did like an all-day rental yeah. um, on it. You know, the thing about that is that if the grid goes down, they're going to have to like cut some locks or something. Mm -hmm. I oh, think. true. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, those things depend on the grid. Yeah. At least for booking. I guess, you know, if if the grid has already gone down and one is like parked at a at a staple maybe yeah. if you were just lucky enough to have been renting your bike town bike when the big one hits <laughs> that's right yeah if you've already got it out i mean I, we're not telling you to break the law that's not a good idea but for the apocalypse have some enormous there are no cutters. laws oh yes i mean have some <laughs> i mean well and again you know we're, we're not telling you you should get you know, civil disobedience is different than breaking the law correct uh, Mr. T also wrote to us, and he found a third Portland. In Missouri. In Missouri. And he says, this Portland has something the other Portland stopped, a spot on the Katy Trail. Right, yeah. And he sent us pictures of the uh, the camp. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a very small Portland compared to the one we're used to. <laughs> yes. Uh, listener Kevin P. comments, classic peach plus pencil pencil analogy right like about uh <laughs> how i describe my my shorts um and then we get a dispatch from phil in alaska phil in alaska yes we miss phil 
Well, it's been a while. Yeah. And so he's, he's got back. a few things to say. What does he say? He says, Tori Bortman made some comments about bear bells. She is correct. A bell will not scare a bear. The purpose of a bear bell is to let the animals know that you are coming. I don't know how well they work, but I've never run into a bear on the trail when I have my bell with me. It's like a dinner bell? Uh, yeah, he, he <laughs> called him that. Yeah. Um, however, it's not the bears that scare me. It's mama moose that scares me. Every year more people are stomped by moose than are attacked by bear. Holy shit. I just made that fact up, but it's probably true. Moose stoppings are no joke in Alaska. Moose are everywhere and everywhere. And everywhere. A few weeks ago, my dogs went into a raging conniption about 3 a.m. The next morning, not a foot from my window, a big old pile of moose droppings. The dang thing was sitting there taunting my poor stupid dogs. <laughs> I've also included some pics, not of the moose poop. Oh, good. But just of Alaska because Alaska kicks ass. Is there a moose words. emoji? Not that I know of. Because there's a poop emoji. We could almost make this happen. <laughs> moose. Uh, in other news, I feel a bit dirty, but I've been a one bike type of dude for so long. And today I broke that way of life by going from a four inch wide tire to a 25 millimeter wide tire. Trader. <laughs> that's quite a big difference. <laughs> here. Uh, how, how many would that be? Like that's, that's like four 25 centimeter tires in a four inch or more. I'm you know, bad with I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not good with converting from inch to, to metrics either, but I know like 25 is like this and four is like this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, you know? <laughs> it's very helpful for the yes. radio audience. <laughs> yes. I think 25 is about an inch. Okay. There Two we go. Point so, something, so gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. I wonder if you could like, could you put four 25 centimeter tires on a fat bike rim like next to each other, sure. you'd have to find some way to like, I guess, <laughs> sew them together so they wouldn't. If you, you know, just inflate like, them all, bunch. <laughs> it'd be like kind of like, kind of like stuffing your wheel with grass or whatever. It'd be something you would do in an emergency <laughs> right. situation. Well, my my fat tires got this hole in it, but I got these four twenty five millimeter tires. Just so happened to have just them. for this type of occasion. <laughs> exactly. I guess like if you're out and like you find a shop, <laughs> the shop doesn't. You know, it, it it doesn't have a fat tire, right. but it might have these road tires. Yep, I, I would take eight tubes, please. He <laughs> <laughs> um, says, I'm sure I will end up killing myself on it, but I'll look good doing it. It's a chromed out Katakura Silk PX bicycle from the mid 80s, a somewhat obscure Japanese brand. And it's really a thing of beauty, a garage find that is excellent shape. And was cheap as hell to boot. I'll have to trade the bear for a mask during the summer months. Okay. Assuming I can get my head around those impossibly skinny tires. I think it's okay if he gets to trade the, the bear for a moose during the summer. Yes. You know? Yes. Because he wears a bear, not a bear skin, but an actual bear. An actual bear. In the winter that, to keep him yes. warm. So in the summer, he'll wear a moose to make up for the fact that he's a, <laughs> a traitor to his kind. Right. Yeah. I think I think we've worked out an arrangement. Thanks for writing in, Phil. We appreciate it. Very good. Well, hey, Josh, thank you again for hanging out. Is there anything else you want to share with uh, with your adoring public? Uh, no, thanks for having me on. Okay, appreciate thanks it. for coming in. Really appreciate it. I feel like I, I phrased that jackassedly now. But <laughs> <laughs> Vote <laughs> against the stupid bike tax. That's that exactly. Yeah, if you if you want affordable bikes, that's that's your road. You know, even if even if it was like a one percent bike tax which we know it's not going to be that's still a barrier to entry that could be enough for somebody who couldn't 
otherwise afford that bike. I think if we need more revenue, have sales tax. Like, why are we vilifying bicycles? Like, have a flat sales tax for right. everything. For yeah. everything. Yeah. Or we could, bicycles. How about a bicycle tax on other goods besides bicycles? <laughs> <How about> like, <laughs> say you buy your MacBook at the Apple Store, and then you you, know, you pay an extra like six percent for someone else to get a bike for bike, bike infrastructure. Yeah, no, I like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's uh, that, that's what we're going to do in place of sales tax. We won't call it sales tax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's close this thing out, shall we? Yeah. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Find us on the internet. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Kurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Melengard. Wayne Norman, who's coming to Portland soon. Doug Woo. Robertson, Ethan George. Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney, Orange and Purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden, Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker, Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler, Zoe Campania, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Culey, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Patrick R. Chain, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, Krista, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zissen, Richard G., Guthrie Straub, Brandon Shelby. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranery. Campsite, Mac Nurse David. Katie at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan. Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whitman, E.J. Finner, and Paul Kobertson, if that's your real name. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato. Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson. Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Offenberg. Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now, go to bed. No, wait. Brush your teeth. No, wait. No. Go Do both. <laughs> Simultaneously. Brush so, your teeth yes. in bed. I could, I could do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just bring a bowl get, or something, oh, or a cup, or swallow swallow your toothpaste. <laughs> you know, when we were kids, like they they told us to do that. That just grossed me out. Wait, wait. They told you to swallow your toothpaste. Yeah. Did I grow up later than you? Yes. Okay. I think I think at that point it was a bad idea. Well, I think like they just didn't trust that I would make the sink. Oh, I see. <laughs> Swallow the toothpaste. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy.